Hello and welcome to the Brick Cave Blitz. I'm your host, as usual, the unusual Greg, unusual underscore Greg on Twitter and Instagram. With me, as always, at Smith, and I am DRS underscore 1994 on Instagram. And I am Scruffy, I'm just Scrufflord on Twitter, and we also have. <laughs> it's me. Um, so I'm Thanos. Um, I, I'm not on Instagram. Shockingly enough, but I wow. come from um, the Unpack podcast, and um, really pleased to be invited on the show. Thanks for having me, gents. Fantastic! Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you on. Um, so we normally, for our guests, just get them to do a little bit of a, uh, you know, introduction to their team and and how you got into supporting them and all that kind of stuff. So hit us with that. Yeah, so um, I support um, same team as as you, my friend, the thirteen-time mm-hmm. world champion Green Bay Packers. Just just throw that in there. Um, and I became a Packers fan kind of like in an odd circumstance, really. So um, about 13, 14 years ago, I worked in a record store and a guy came to work with me. He was from um, Tennessee and um, I had no interest in American football at this point. Yeah. And um, he said to me, like, if you ever watched a game, do you want to get into it? And I was like, it just doesn't interest me. I've got no interest at all. And he was like, well, come around to mine. My wife will cook and we'll watch a game. And I was like, okay, cool. So my my friend, his name was Bobby, and he comes from Tennessee. And he went to the University of Tennessee. He was there the year Peyton Manning was their quarterback. Nice. Um, so he became a huge – he never followed one team, but he, he was a Peyton Manning fan. So at the point where – I went around to watch a game with him. He was a Colts fan. And I remember really clearly we watched the Indianapolis Colts against the Houston Texans and the Colts blew the Texans out. And I was <laughs> like, okay, this game's quite cool. So I started going around to his a bit more. Lots of food was eaten. A few drinks were had. And I started more, watching more and more Colts games. And I was like, this game is great, but the Colts are quite <sighs> underwhelming as a franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went away and was like, right, what do I see in regular sport? And so I... My understanding of how a quarterback worked and how the, the sport worked was the kind of quarterback Peyton Manning was, which was, you know, a classic deep arm pocket passer. And I went looking for my own classic deep arm pocket passer. Um, that turned out to be Aaron Rodgers. And then the story of Green Bay and all the things that go with it, like the Lombardi era, the Ice Bowl and Fano did all these things that make Green Bay um, appealing and unique kind of fell into place. And that's it. And we've had a pretty enjoyable 15 years since with a Super Bowl and yeah. a lot of a lot of late January heartaches, but it's all part and parcel of it. And I, I yeah, couldn't, yeah. couldn't imagine supporting any other team, to be honest with you. No, completely agree. Completely agree. No, that's fantastic. Fantastic. So we're going to do a quick new segment. It's not going to be ma- nothing, anything major, um, but NFL franchises have agreed uh, or, or kind of sliced up the uh, the market and have announced uh, international home market area initiatives. Um, so for those who don't know what that means, it basically means that in Canada, Mexico, Brazil, the UK, Spain, Australia, China and Germany, certain teams have elected to call those their home markets um, and are able to form partnerships, do marketing, uh, advertisements and all that kind of stuff to grow an international fan base. Um, this is very exciting for everybody, um, especially us in the UK. Except we got some pretty meh teams. Uh, for instance, in the UK it is the Chicago Bears, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Miami Dolphins, the Minnesota Vikings, the New York Jets, and the San Francisco 49ers. 
bleh. <laughs> like, yeah. Very bleh. Best to sit- I mean, how I'm looking at this is just like, you know how we've always been making the joke about the Bears? Mm-hmm. I've, I've just realized who their uh, soccer equivalent would be, fans-wise. Okay. I'm really hoping no one here supports them, or this is going to be very awkward. Actually, mm-hmm. let's just check. Does anyone here support a soccer team? Yes. Who do you support? Tottenham Hotspurs. Okay. Liverpool. Good! Uh, I would say the Chicago Bears fans-wise are comparable to Arsenal. Because they've won something once and have never shut up about it since. Exactly! Yeah. <laughs> yep, also, just the general Take attitude it. of the fans as well. Yeah. I, I've known too many Arsenal supporters to not have a fairly good idea of <laughs> yeah. what they're generally like. I think that's, that's the reason I'm not so happy that UK's got the Bears. Yeah, because it just means a really toxic fan base is coming to the UK. Yeah, like, yeah, they're, there they're you go. Toxic. Yeah, but the I'd say like I think this is this is good for NFL as a, as a whole to be able mm-hmm. to to form these partnerships to be able to spread um, a little bit more easier. I would say, and I think it also kind of opens up the ideas of international markets and more international games. Obviously, we know. Next year, we'll have a game in Mexico, a game in Germany, and two games in the UK. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could see an Australian game or, a, you know, I don't know how it would work, a China game. But yeah. <laughs> yeah neither do I, that one. That, that's a weird it. one. China, I'm pretty sure, doesn't have any stadiums that can take the NFL. I mean, knowing their workforce, they can build one. That's a conversation for another time. Looking at these lineups. <laughs> I feel like Germany's got the best deal out of this. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like Panthers, Chiefs, Patriots, Bucks. That's pretty solid Ooh. lineup. Yeah. Although Germany does have quite a large NFL fan base, so. Mm. And the only, yeah. the only two I don't really get is like I don't understand why Canada's only got two, and I get yeah Mexico's got the most out of that, but why have they only got like that many? Why don't they have the whole freaking mm. franchise? It it's like literally going next door. Yeah, Seattle and Minnesota are literally well, Seattle especially. They're basically on the border of British Columbia. Like they, mm. that is possibly one. Of, I think Seattle is possibly one of the only ones where I've gone. That makes perfect sense. They are yeah. so stupidly close to Canada that that mm. I don't see why they'd go anywhere else. Really, they're basically considered part of Canada if you ask people at some points. I will say three quarters of this podcast are disappointed that. The Green Bay Packers aren't in, in anywhere. I know. No, Just, I, I looked at that as well. I, I think that's a disappointment okay, as well, so especially with them being fan run, basically. Mm. 100% of the podcast then. Perhaps not surprising, though. No. No, not surprising. Well, they've already got a UK fan base, effectively, so I mean, I don't see why they'd need Well, us. you say that, but then yeah. they say, like, the, the Bears and the Dolphins are said to have the biggest UK fan base. I'm not sure I believe it currently. Mm-hmm. I know they had a lot of the, the biggest fan bases in, like, the 80s and 90s and stuff like that, but yeah. I think the UK market right now, because it's so diverse, but yeah, with the way the Green Bay market themselves so much differently to the other 31, it is completely... I, I didn't expect them to be on any of these, but it's still a little bit disappointing. I think if we, um, if you gave me this list, we went back in time 15 years, I think it would have made perfect sense before the NFL series came to the UK. Yeah. Um, and it became so diverse because then the kind of NFL fan base was the guys hardcore watching it on Channel 4 in the 90s when teams like the Dolphins and the Niners and Chicago were, were 
bigger then, so the yeah. UK fan base would probably have been dominated by those three. Mm. Yeah. And, but like you say now, it's just, it's, it's as diverse as ever. And yeah. I, I mean, I can find somebody on Facebook who supports every franchise and it's just, it's yeah. just mm. not that case anymore. No, absolutely. They could, of course, be trying to break back into that market that they're Maybe. starting to lose a little bit of sharing because, as you've said, over time, it has waned a little bit. Well, they could be trying to break back into that. I think it'd be a smart business decision. Out of the six in. that come to the UK, I think the only one that I could have guaranteed would have been on this list is the Jaguars with That's... how they have been treating the uh, the, the UK games. True sure. story from the from the, the Packers tailgate that I was at not so long ago. So in a Green Bay parking lot, waiting in a queue for the toilet, uh, a Wisconsin native said to me, hey man, is it true everybody in the UK supports the Jags? And I was like, yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because they're here all the time so yeah. even america recognizes that the jags are becoming such a i don't know a uk focal point yeah absolutely but that's that's a, we just wanted to touch on that and uh scruffy should we uh should we do the little thing we normally do where we cash in on the predictions from last week predictions yes and it's another week i'm going to start it with this where there is a straight out just four in a row um oh which um does in fact uh, go to Craig. <laughs> I predicted every single one. I am very sad I didn't put an accumulator on that one, but yeah, same. Um, <laughs> the, given the yeah, um, there were some interesting games in there. Yeah, the odds wouldn't have been too bad. Uh, but starting from the top, we had the. Um, I'm going to read it via the scores list that you've made. Uh, we got the Dallas Cowboys versus the uh, Wash Racists. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know if Fenners knows this, but we've nicknamed the Washington team the Washington Racers. We haven't nicknamed that. They nicknamed that themselves. I'm fully behind that decision. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So to recap it, it was basically because of their old uh, team name and logo and all that kind of stuff. And then because of the investigation that started back in July... Uh, we just nicknamed them the Washington Racists because we refused to name them the football team. To be I fair, the should... podcast episode ended and then we had like a 20-minute discussion where we carried <laughs> on recording, yeah. coming up with stupid names like Washington hashtag Trumps and stuff yeah. like that. We just yeah, yeah eventually set in, settled on Washington Racists. Yeah. You should potentially write to Dan Snyder and suggest that as a permanent name. You might go for it. Hello. <laughs> So it was Cowboys at Washington. Um, both of you predicted the Cowboys to win. The Cowboys did, in fact, win. Um, I gotta say, <laughs> the 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 Cowboys defense in this game was scary, <laughs> scary, absolutely terrifying. I mean, Mick, Micah Parsons, two sacks, that um, fumble, uh, strip sack recovery sort of thing, insanely scary. I mean, Trayvon Diggs is always. He's a scary corner at the the worst of times, and in this game, he was he was a little bit muted. But to have it from everybody else on the defense was scary. This was this was one of those games as well, like um, where I did message you part way through, um, but you weren't watching because you fell asleep, and um, so I didn't but want to spoil. I was looking after because... my nephew. Okay, I know, I know, I know, I'm not I'm not calling you or anything. I was just because I didn't want to spoil it because it was like. I think it was probably be out for but not being a true fan and being three able or to spend four, all the time. Three or four games at the same time that were all looking like those teams mm. were going to be shut out. Yeah. And it was yeah, it was just insane. Like, to be honest, 
it was quite insane that Washington came back by 20 points yeah. Um, yeah. the way it started off. Um, but Heineken didn't seem to be able to do shit, to be honest, and just kept getting sacked. Yeah, yeah, that, that O-line for the Washington needs to needs to be sorted out. Yes, yeah, it was just a weird, weird game. So moving on from that one, or yeah, cool, unless Fenners, you got an opinion? That's what I was. I um, sort of I was waiting a little bit for just to see if Fenners had anything. Yeah, to I, say I just think the, the thing that um, a couple of points that struck me is Michael Parsons is not just going to be defensive rookie of the year; he's going to be defensive player of the year. I would have thought. Yeah. Um, for a rookie to take that award deserves a lot of credit. Um, but the other thing I think, uh, the Washington are flamboyant or exciting to watch or anything like that. They are efficient, but they've they've struggled with Chase Young out of the side and they've become a different team. And yeah. if they wanted really seriously to make the playoffs, they needed to get a result against Dallas and they didn't. Yeah. Um there is still going to be somebody who, who nicks a, a, an NFC playoff spot. Um I don't think it's going to be Washington. I think they might finish eighth or ninth of the conference. But yeah. yeah it was a it was a good game and it was nice to see them put up a bit of fight at the end. The pick the pick six was good, but um yeah, Dallas are a lot to be trifled with at this point. No. And just to round that one up, it was 27 to the Cowboys, 20 to the Bracists. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I can't get over how much that just rolled. <laughs> um, but yeah, moving on to the next one, which was the 49ers at the Bengals. Uh, Smith predicted the Bengals to win. Greg predicted the 49ers to win, given the fact that I've already said Craig absolutely wiped it with all of these. 49ers won. Mm-hmm. Uh, that score was 26 to the 49ers, 23 to the Bengals. So it wasn't exactly a huge margin of victory. It was an no. overtime win as well. It was, yeah, overtime. Because uh, the, the the regular score was 20-20. Bengals went and got a field goal in overtime. And 49ers got a lovely run on the outside to get the touchdown. But this was the thing that I said was the San Francisco defense was going to win it for these guys. And they were effective in shutting Burrow down. Obviously, Burrow's still playing with that um, dodgy finger, mm-hmm. but they were still able to shut him down. And I, I just think, like, the the offense for the 49ers isn't going to win them anything special this year, but that defense is going to carry them going for a, a, at least a couple of years. Well, I was going to say that the only marking point of the 49ers offense is George Kittle and that's yeah I'm not going to say it's a rarity when it actually becomes effective or like something actually connects but yeah it's not yeah it's not every play um yeah. I mean to be honest it, it did fucking awesome like 13 uh receiving catches for 151 yards yeah it was insane and I, was this the game where he did that jump in one hand catch as well yeah. uh don't remember jumping one hand catch, but I remember jumping fingertips catch. Must right, it must have been that then. But yeah, if it weren't for him, I think the yeah the defense might have slowed the Bengals down to not put as many points on the board. But they they definitely wouldn't have put as many points yeah. up themselves. I'm not surprised that you guys kind of split the predictions on this because I I looked at this one myself and just couldn't quite figure which way it was going to go. Yeah. Um, I did take the Niners, like, but um, only on a split. I think Niners again are a very well coached, efficient football team, aren't they? And they, they, 
know they can make the right play at the right time. The Bengals, you know, I like Burrow, I like Mixon, I like Higgins, I like Chase. They've got so many exciting players. Yeah. Um, I think they need another couple of drafts and free agencies just to piece the defense together and the lines together. Agreed. Um, and then they can become a real force. Um, yep. I had a Ravens fan on my own podcast this week, and we were talking about, like, that AFC North, nobody seems to want to win it at this point. Not a good night. Um, no. <laughs> The Bengals, I think, yeah, exciting team. I just think they need another couple of years, but they, they could become a real force. When, um, obviously, we were predicting these, one of the things that swung you towards the 49ers as well is due to Burrow's injury. If that wasn't the case, do you think you would have gone with the Bengals or do you think they would have won? Because I, it didn't to me watching him, it didn't seem like it was affecting him, affecting him as much. It didn't week. affect him as much as I thought it was going to. I absolutely yeah. agree with you there. Yeah. The th- the two points that done me on on the Forty ers was the Forty ers defense. Forty ers defense is you know with that with one of the two big bosses, um, always able to pass rush, and I always I think I overestimated how much that injury was going to cost Burrow on his throwing. So I thought he was going to try and make up with it with the pass game or the QB sneak sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. We didn't see as much of that as I thought I was going to, but it was still effective enough on the defense to shut them down when necessary. Um, and the thing is with Jimmy G as quarterback, I don't see him as the explosive offense he needs to to win the games outright. So that that's why I went 49ers. Um, you're right in the say with with Burrow's injury, it's not affected him, and I think like after this week, he'll be he'll be slinging it like he yeah. normally does, sort of thing. I mean, to be fair, even with that injury, mm. he still did like 50 more passing yards than Garoppolo. Yeah, and Garoppolo did 296. Yeah, but um, I think as well, like this week, especially these two first games. There's a lot of fucking sacks. There was five sacks per team in this game. Yeah. And the last game, there was four sacks for one team and five sacks for the other. Yeah. I, it, I don't know if it's the same in the other ones. I haven't checked out all, like, looked at the specific stats yet, but I feel like this was just a week yeah. where the, the old line were just like, eh, whatever, you know, just have a rest this week and next week we'll get back into it. Mm. I think um, sometimes you, we kind of underestimate. Um, house and experience over we kind of put that below like sexy players and big explosive plays and stuff and the Niners like like you said man Garoppolo's not he's not going to set the world on fire with his arm but he is experienced and the Niners defense is they do know what they're doing and they're very clever and that the, the coaching element of the of the team the there's a lot more experience in that Niners team than the Bengals team so um if Burrow was fully fit, no, I don't think it would have made a massive difference. I just think the Niners have just got a little bit more in the way of experience and know-how. Yep. And that, that just about came through in the end. But could have gone either way. Oh, yeah, no, 100%. Like, any team, any game that goes to overtime, yeah. you know that game could have gone either way during the regular, regular, the the the, the, the allotted time. Yeah. And overtime is just a crapshoot. Um, anyway, continuing with the predictions... We have the one where Smith did a mad lad, um, if COVID mm. hadn't been a thing. Um, Lions at the Broncos. Uh, Smith predicted the Lions. Greg predicted Ooh. the Broncos. The Broncos did, in fact, win 38-10. to 10. 
See, my 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 thing with this was like, yes, the Lions have not performed all season. At the time, I was thinking because they've got that first win. I know it's not a lot. Like there, there is, you know, staff training the actual players on the goddamn team. There's mm. all that crap around it. But sometimes, just the way you go into a game in that certain headspace, it can just prevail or fuck you over sometimes. So I just thought after that win, it might be that that moment where they're like, "We've got this now, guys. Come on, let's just power power through it all." And then, mm. literally, the day after. Covid or cold had hit them or whatever. I don't know how many players are out. I know they announced at one point there was eighteen, and then there was another bit later on. They said twenty-one. I heard twenty-one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and was it their fourth string and fifth string running backs? Were, running um, backs that yeah. were there. Yeah, that was the, yeah. I mean, to be fair, the Lions did have. A fairly good running game um, mm. when when they could get it going, but yeah, they're still the lions. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a statement. <laughs> always will be. Um... The only thing I'll say about this one, I'm gl- kind of glad they lost because now they have the most satisfying record. They are one eleven and one. one. <laughs> oh. it's satisfying oh. to everyone else except Lions fans. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that is my response to Lions fans. Um, I mean, has there, has there been a team yet where they're able to win six and lose nine and just go, right, we're, we're done now as a franchise? <laughs> we would like to formally withdraw from the rest of the season. <laughs> it's like instead of landing on top, they're like, we would like to land on the bottom because we're sexy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Yeah, but yeah, that that was my reasoning behind picking them in the first place. Yeah. In was... hindsight, I shouldn't have picked them fucking anyway, but did yeah. a mad lad. You've done mad lads in the past and it's not paid off. Oh well. I've also done I mad lads it. and it has paid off. So yeah. it's always worth going for a mad lad move at least once. Oh, to be you. fair, I, I was after these uh, wins and like on our predictions, I looked through like our um, predictions in the past. I yeah. think week two was the only time that I'd predicted all three correct. Yeah. Week- and then uh, this week you predicted all four correct. Three. And then every other week we've always done like one yeah. each or something like that. Week mm. three, I believe it was. Saints, Ravens, Raiders. Yeah, yeah that was it. Um, so that's, that's, the, that's the first time Swords predicted it all correct. And Craig decides to beat it with four correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Suck on that Raiders. nugget. Yeah, Just let's wait till the last week. <laughs> Just imagine week 18, someone nails yeah. oh. <laughs> eight teams. I think, give, I think I would give someone a gift card if they do that. There you go, I've said it on the podcast. There you go. <laughs> if one of you Can't wait eight... for my £5 gift card. So, oh, yeah, you I can't, know. can't like wait to receive this already used gift card. <laughs> 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 it will probably be something like a 10 quid. <laughs> right, there you go. Um, and I will donate ten quid to charity for if anyone there we does go. that as well. So, um, All right, <laughs> that's that one done. Because um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to talk about this as, game anymore. Yeah, there's nothing to talk about anyway <laughs> on this one because it's the Lions. Um, but and the final one where there will definitely be stuff to say um, is Bears at the Packers. Obviously, both Smith and Craig both said Packers to win. Uh, Craig said Packers to win in brackets, fuck those Bears. Um, mm-hmm. And the score for that one was Packers 45, Bears 30. 
I mean, this was... It, it, the, the first half for me was the most nerve-wracking half I've ever, like, had. It was, like, the Bears were actually playing okay football, and then they were winning. And I was like, this is... No, you stop it now. Stop. stop. Don't do it. <laughs> stop it. And, well, script, uh, script at the window for a little bit in the first half, wasn't it? Oh, mate, wasn't it just... Um, I'm assuming you'd already seen it, Craig, the um, thing that I put on our Instagram story, but um, a, Green, a Green Bay Packers, you know, um, budging no. with the NFL rules a bit. Hey, like, there seemed to be a, a second Aaron Rodgers in the <laughs> stadium. German uh, yes. Aaron Rodgers. Oh, my goodness. Was it German? I've seen <laughs> Rodgers. Yeah, the meaning of a doppelganger. He's German, yeah. He's um, his lifelong Green Bay fan. His dad and his sister what? got him a ticket. There he was, picked up <laughs> in the crowd. I just love the fact that at the end of that shot, the context, they had this side-by-side shot of Aaron Rodgers on the right and this doppelganger on the left. And it was just to see. He noticed then didn't pay any attention. And then when he looked back and they were still on him, he just turned to them, shook his head and just pointed straight down the camera. And I think that's possibly <laughs> one of the best decisions yeah. you can make if you're on a big screen. See, yeah. the thing oh, is, yeah. I thought you were going to bring up, Smith, was uh, the, 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 the team of the Green Bay Packers that will not be mentioned. And um, I, I don't want to talk about them anymore. S team. <laughs> yeah. That, that. that team. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, do you mean because like the the bear bears play special teams player of the week or something? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Wasn't it because of was it because of kick return? I will admit this was one that I thought I will spend a few hours to watch because of how shit I've been this week. <laughs> I have not watched this game yet. <laughs> well, let's regale. Which is what I was like. I was going to let the all star Packers fans regale their victory over these furry mammals well the thing is right and I, I'm, I'm sure Fenners, i'm definitely going to come to you with a couple of questions in a bit but our defense is top notch it's a super bowl defense our offense when it's firing <laughs> is a super bowl offense Correct. our s team I'm, I'm gonna have to stop adding our special teams is the worst special teams unit that has ever existed. And I don't know that anything Maurice Drayton can do over these next four to seven weeks can change anything. Now, obviously, we, we've, we've mentioned before about the muff punts and all this kind of stuff, but we're <laughs> allowing so much on kick returns and punt yeah. returns... Fenners, what what can our special teams do at this point to even improve? I think um, Marf and I discussed this again on our own, on our own podcast this week. Um, the exact same similarity in mm. that I, I don't care so much about the muff punts. Yeah, I don't care about the miss. I do care about the missed field goals, but yeah i don't want to go into it too much it's not all on mason it's on the field goal no, unit as a yeah. whole and that will come good in time Corey bajorquez's punts have stood out what's left oh, there is the tackling and blocking yeah and they're not going to fix that in four to six weeks and i think no. all we can do is cross everything that it doesn't come to bite us on an important game um because it, it's going to take an off season and it's going to take a look at personnel and stuff and um, oh easy um I, 
it's, it's too much to ask to fix that now. I just have to hope that the defence and the offence means that the special teams aren't going to be needed too much. Absolutely agree with you. But I say, like, it's the thing is, like, I remember there was a quote from, I think it was like week one or two or three. And I think it was Big Bobby Tonyan was literally like, right, you're going to get me onto that special teams unit because what I've just witnessed was the most horrendous blocking and tackling I've ever seen. And we he just got in there and got stuck in. And like he's a he's a he's an offensive starter. He shouldn't he really doesn't he even need to bother about special teams if he doesn't want to. But he was like, throw me the fuck in. It's the yips as well, because it's yeah. not just like Amari Rogers dropping punch, dropping kicks and stuff. And I can accept that. He's a rookie. He's going to make mistakes. But yeah. then we put Randall Cobb on special teams and he had a drop. Then we've put MBS yeah. on special teams and he's had a drop. And it doesn't matter who we put on there at this point. Like, it's, it's just coming away yeah. regardless. Um, yeah. Thankfully, if, if, if we're going to have one of our three units underperform, I would rather it's special teams than the offense or the defense. Um, yeah. Just have to, we just need to get away with it a little bit, mate. I think. Yeah, I think there's there's definitely some things that can be tightened up. As long as our special teams isn't giving up every punt and kick return, as right. long as that as long as they can be held to ten yards, I would be more than happy with that. And even if it's a case of like we throw somebody out there to catch on returns and just say, look, if you can fair catch it, fair catch it. If not, let it bounce away. Yeah, if you if 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 it's a choice between fair catching it. If it's a choice between running it out or letting it go at the back of the end zone, just let it go every single yeah. time. Don't even yeah. think about it. Just let yeah. everything go. Um, and yeah, absolute damage limitation now because um, don't think any of the four remaining teams on our schedule have got a special teams unit capable of doing the damage that we have faced so far. Um, but yeah. in the playoffs, in the playoffs, it'll be a different story. So exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, I've seen a lot of people uh, on Packers Twitter at the moment. Asking to for the return of a guy by the name of Swervin Irvin. What do you what do you think about that as as a as a mid season roster? Hard in it, yeah, it's hard in it because uh, Tyler Irvin gave us good kick returns, and I don't remember him dropping too many. I remember him making consistently 15, 20 yards, good yeah. feet, good hands, good squad guy, but. Uh, I'm a fan of living and dying by your picks and we've picked Amari Rogers and we've said to him, look, at some point you're going to be our slot receiver. Yeah. Um, now you've got to do your time on special teams like all receivers do. Yeah. And what does it say to him if we go now, actually, actually Amari, like we're bringing a guy in to do your job this year. And, and how does that affect him? Like, I get it. Irving would come back now on a minimum deal. And yeah, but is he going to be match ready and is he going to be sharp and does it have a, a knock on effect on, on Amari Rogers? And yeah. I would I would leave things as they are at this point of the season. If you asked me in week eight, I'd probably have gone for it, but not in week 14. No, not for me. I don't know what you think. My kind of take on it is at the end of the day, we had Kylan Hill in that role for a lot of those. Like they were splitting the returns yeah. between them. So my point to Amari would be like, look, at the end of the day, if we're going to be a Super Bowl team, we need to be a Super Bowl team everywhere that we can potentially be. I would say to Amari, like, look, we know you're a develop, you're a project. You know, this hasn't been a fantastic rookie okay. season for you. Next year will be a better one. But right now, we need to go and get the players that can get us the win, sort of thing. Because I think, like, when you say that to kids, when especially if you phrase it around like the Devondre Campbell signing. Um, you know, the the 
all the kind of linebacker signings we had with Whitney Merciless, all that kind of stuff. And say, look, we've got guys in because we needed to at that point. We need to get somebody into returns, unfortunately. And maybe, like, give him a little bit more, uh, you know, offensive reps to kind of compensate because you still want him to work out. Because at the end of the day, on offense... We've got four other guys that we can throw it to if Amari isn't where we need him to be. On the returns, he's the only guy. Yeah, exactly. I, I absolutely understand the take because, you know, we've even rotated Malik Taylor in there as well and he's had yeah. drops too. So, yeah, I understand what you're saying. I can see it both yeah. ways. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so let's let's talk about this Bears uh, offense. Um, Justin Fields. What's your kind of... I know we've spoken a little bit about him, but what do you think about Justin Fields after this game? I think he's going to be a nightmare for years to come. Um, I think the the best features of, of Justin Fields now are... And, and we talked about this when we had you on our, our show last yeah. week. Is when he doesn't quite know what to do, that yeah. is most dangerous because then it becomes raw instinct and he's then yeah. makes whatever pass he can make or more often than not, it's out the pocket, start scrambling, start running, start moving... Um, he's mobile, he's got a great arm, and as soon as he learns the system, yeah, um, he's going to do really, really well. The, the problem he may face is that I, I think the Bears change everything next year, um, head coach, GM, all of it. Yeah. So they bring somebody else in, then it's a new system, and then Justin Fields kind of falls back a year, where yeah. he kind of next year has to do exactly what he's done this year and ad lib it a little bit. Um, if the Bears can get somebody in next year and they finish seven and eight, eight and seven, anything better than that. And, and a head coach looks solid going forwards because let's face it, there's been question marks over Najee and Pace for years now. Um, yeah. If you give Justin Fields a foundation where he can develop and maybe one more solid receiver to go with Robinson and Mooney, um, yeah. I, I think gradually the Bears could do what the Bengals do and just add pieces, add pieces, add pieces and become a really dangerous team because the boy is talented beyond belief and I think he should have gone higher in the draft than he did um, and I think yeah the Packers defense is gonna to have to get used to chasing him around for yeah. the best part of the next decade at least um, the speculation of course of whether Mr. Rogers goes and plays his football somewhere else next year if he yeah. does and then suddenly the, the division next year is the four quarterbacks of Fields, Goff, cousins in love suddenly justin fields looks the best quarterback out of the four um and, and that's a scary prospect yeah highly rate the boy he's going to need a couple of years yet and he's going to need pieces around him and a, and a solid coaching setup but yes I'm, I'm afraid for what's to come yeah absolutely i'm i'm slightly afraid but also slightly excited because at the end of the day it's one of those things where like yeah you you want your team to run the table but at the same time you also just want to like have competition in these games yeah. like uh, when, when we went to soldier field it wasn't so much of a competition but this one especially for the first half was an exciting competition we have the easiest division of football there's, there's yeah. no two ways about it the lions are, are the lions are a mess the the, the vikings are, are decent on defense but it's aging and it's falling apart and on offense yeah. they haven't got a clue they rely on dalvin cook Kirk Cousins is, is not a franchise quarterback for me. No. Zimmer's offense is outdated. And the Bears were the opposite. They had they had enough on defense, but again, it's getting old now and it's starting to fall apart. On, yeah. on offense, they've had very little, and now that's sort of coming in. They're going to need pieces while they readdress that balance. Um, we've had it so, so easy for the past few years. 
Um, you know, five wins out of six last year, six the year before. We're yeah. probably going to get five this year. Um, yeah. It would be nice to have a competitive division for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's let's talk about our defense. Like, obviously, we we've, we've had some brilliant mid-season moves. Get bringing the likes of Russell Douglas, um, Campbell, Whitney Merciless, and Smith came in for a bit. Who do you think is that key player that if we hadn't brought them in over the mid-season, we wouldn't be where we are? Um, Russell Douglas has stood up and get, been counted, and he's had two pick sixes and an interception that have all resulted in in major moments in games that haven't if they haven't won the game they've they've been a massive contributing factor and he's yep. had to come in and deputize for um what my impact co-host would call the best player on a roster in the best corner of football i, I wouldn't yep. go quite that far but he is a right in that conversation at all pro jair alexander douglas has mm-hmm. been right up there um Vondre Campbell, I, d- I don't think you can underestimate. We haven't had a middle Absolutely. linebacker of his calibre for a long, long, long time. The Packers have always had good edge rushers like Zedarius and Clay Matthews and whoever you want to go before. Devondre Campbell has sealed that middle up so that we're not an exposed gut with a run anymore. Um, I've, we've seen so many down the years, past two seasons, of the likes of Kamara and Cook and Ronald Jones just run straight through the middle of us. Mostert and Campbell stopped that this year. He's been huge. Um, the one other guy I think on our team is uncelebrated is Chris Barnes next to him, who was yeah, undrafted. Absolutely. And Campbell's made him better. Chris Barnes has been absolutely superb and not enough people are talking about him. Yeah. And the pair of them at middle linebacker have been so, 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 so solid. And it stopped us being... Um, exposed by run teams the petting defense we had the year before was was so good personnel wise but gave up so many cheap yards and um various defenses totally changed that and we we don't give away anything cheap anymore and all of these guys who aren't you know guys on our defense who aren't alexander or zadarius or clark or amos or the big names the likes of your campbell douglas barnes lowry um Darnell Savage has had a really good year. They've all stood up and been counted and not given away anything cheap. But um, yeah, short answer to your question, Campbell, but Chris Barnes has been superb. Absolutely. Absolutely. You you picked up on something that I was actually about to ask you about. Um, our run defence. Our run defence has been potentially our weak spot for, yeah. uh, for a number of years. Yeah. Do you think we've sealed that gap up with where we need to be, or do you th- still think it's a weak spot? Um, I, do think, I do think it's a weak spot. I think there's, there's a nuance to the defense that unless you're a, unless you're a real Packers fan, you probably wouldn't have picked up on it. That yeah. our middle line guy is Kenny Clark and Kenny is superb at what he does, but he's, he's always double manned. So he's got his hands full. Um, Kenny isn't a natural nose tackle. He doesn't want to play that position. He wants to play outside. He wants yeah. to play on the edge of a natural nose tackle. And the Packers have realized that. And they drafted TJ Slayton. And when he gets a little bit more experience, he's going to be the middle middle the middle the D-line guy with Lowry, yeah. Kiki, Clark, two of those three either side. And then your run defense is made of that front three and the two middle linebackers, Barnes and Campbell, we've already talked about. So, yes, it's getting better. It's going to need another season to get Slayton up to be a first team regular. Yeah. He needs he needs to go in the middle to give Clark the room. Kenny Clark could be Aaron Donald like. I'm not saying he's that good, but that's the role he wants to play. He wants to go mm. around and cause a bit of chaos, but he can't because he has to play nose tackle because we don't have anyone better. Um, yeah. 
Slater gets to that level, it'll allow Clark to do more of what he's good at. And then I think the league will stand up and take notice of Kenny Clark because he is yeah. a phenomenal player. and He hasn't really had the chance to show that yet. Fantastic. Fantastic. Mm. And is there any parts of our... I want, I want to switch to the offence a little bit. Is there any parts to their offence where we definitely need work? Now, I can think of a few bits, but I want to get your yeah. opinions. Um, I, I like what we've got at running back. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like what we've got at receiver. I think bringing Cobb in, although I, I didn't agree with it at the time, I, th- I think it's paid off. Um, and, and QB, obviously, we assume Aaron will be back next year. We're fine. If not, it's a different scenario. Um, at tight end... The question mark is if Bobby Tonyan is going to come back as the Bobby Tonyan we had last year. Yeah. Next year, I think Deguara has been brilliant this year. I think the question yeah. mark for me, my friend, is still the O-line. Um, we're missing pieces this year. And our O-line at its best, with Bakhtiari, from left to right, Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Myers, I'm happy from that point. Yeah. And then at right guard, I like Patrick. At right tackle, I'm, I'm not 100% sold on Billy Turner. I think he's kind of stood out this year because surrounded by less experienced guys like Rudy yeah. and Newsome and stuff. Um right tackle would be the one for me where I'd I'd want a guy brought in. Um, yeah. And if 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 somebody who knows what's going on with Bobby Tonyan is looking at him thinking it's not quite right, then we need that kind of uh what I call a combination tight end like Bobby Tonyan. So we've got a brilliant blocking tight end in Lewis. And yeah. Guara can make the catches and make some runs and make some plays, but Tonya can do both. Yeah. Um, and I think that's so important in modern football. All, we've seen so many all conquering tight ends now, like sort of Kelsey and Kittle and even Andrews and Waller. Um, and it just adds an element. And if, if Tonya isn't going to come back the same or not going to come back at all because he's a free agent in the summer, um, that, that needs to be addressed too. So with those kind of combination guys, Alan Lazard is one that sticks out to me as the the wide receiver that can brock yeah absolutely i agree with you my one thing i want to because obviously we had a a good showing of lazard last year and then in the games this year where cobb hasn't been so big lazard has stepped up do you think the the cobb signing has been detrimental to lazard yeah yeah i sort of do because if you've got three receivers on the field um adams puts himself on the field all the time yeah, he's the best receiver in the league. Um, Easy. The S does something that Adams, Lazard, and Cobb can't do, which is kill guys for speed. So mm-hmm. he puts himself on there because even when the ball is not being thrown to him, the threat of it being thrown to him is so dangerous. Yeah. So you put in one or the other guys in, and and Cobb's like, Cobb's an easy six yard slot pass. What Lazard did so well was be- use his six foot six. 200 in whatever he is pound frame and go up and catch the contested plays. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I see exactly where you're coming from. If Cobb's on the field, typically Lazard isn't. Um, yeah. I think that the injuries in the O-line haven't helped because we've asked the big guys on our on our receivers, receiving options like Tonyan, Lewis, Deguara and Lazard all to go and do things they don't want to do, which is block. Um He's had to be used in a way which hasn't suited him this year. Tonya was used like that as well. That's why he only ended yeah. with four touchdowns before he was injured rather than the 11 yeah. he got last year. They've yeah. all had to fill in for the injuries. Um, but yeah, I think you're right, mate. I think Cobbs, uh, he's a bit, gives a bit more utility than Lazard, whereas Lazard is a, I, I don't want to insult the guy because he's very good at what he does, but he's more of a, a lumbering target, isn't he? Where Cobbs is a bit more yeah. nimble. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
Is there anything else you wanted to bring up? Because obviously we've spent a fair amount of time on the Packers, and whilst I'm loving it, unfortunately we are have got other teams to to deal with. <laughs> Absolutely, move on. I just I just think um, we need one more win to seal the north. Um, oh yeah. Uh, I- I don't know if you're going to do this in predictions. I won't hark on to that point, but I think we will take the North. As we go into the playoffs, though, it's scary. I think cards look good. The Rams look good. The Bucks look good. The Cowboys look good. Um, It's anyone's money this year. Really good conference this year. Absolutely. Absolutely agree with you. Well, according to our predictions, it's not our money anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think the, the, the thing for me is if we get the one, there are two teams that I'm not scared of so much going forward, and that's the Rams and the Cardinals. I think if we get the one, them coming to Lambeau, the Rams notoriously can't win at Lambeau. The Cardinals I'm less afraid of at Lambeau. The Bucks and... Um, yeah. The, the Bucks are the Cowboys. ones that scare me. The yeah, Cowboys, I, exactly, yeah. The Cowboys are the other team that scare me if they come to Lambeau. I totally agree with you. I, I, I do want to let you move on. I don't want to take over your podcast too much. but. Um, the, the Cardinals are reliant on Kyler being able to do Kyler things. He can't do that on a frozen pitch. No. So the Cardinals would be negated at Lambeau a little bit. I'm not saying they're not a good team. They are, but a little bit. The Cowboys have got so much history of losing to us that yeah. they will they will feel that wherever that game may be. Yeah. Um, the Rams, Matthew Stafford back at Lambeau is just full of bad experience for him. Um, and their record at Lambeau is really poor as well. Um, it's the Bucks, and, and they can win anywhere. Um, yeah. And yeah. if somebody else could take care of them for us, that would be lovely. <laughs> that exactly. So if you're a if you're a wild card team going into wild card weekend, yeah. just yeah. just do us a favor, would you? <laughs> uh, I was going to say, I'm, I'm I'm sorry. Is is that is that you activating me? Am I to take out yeah. Brady? No. Yeah, yeah. Activate yeah. you. Take out Brady. <laughs> yeah. Go for it. We've got <laughs> like... <quite> attached. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. So I went out on the prediction, Scruffy. Do you mm-hmm. have the current score list for us? It's a, we're at a draw now, aren't we? We're at a draw. I don't yeah. think so. Wow. I did go back through and check. Did you? Yes. Uh, Craig19 Smith22. Can't, please confirm. What? Wait, please no, no, confirm. no, 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 no. I, I was three so ahead, and then well, I ended up two ahead after last week. Mm. I only got two right this week. We got four. We should be equal now. I'm yeah, sure you it's should, 22 but I did each. Recount, so double check the greens. Uh, I will double check that whilst um, yeah. we, we'll, we'll double check at another point. Yeah, so Jesus we'll we'll have another. While I'm going through you. the scores, speaking of the other thing as well, I don't know if either of you two spotted it, but Clark is on the COVID list. Yeah, he's only just gone on the COVID list. I, I right. see. I'd heard something had gone on with him today, but I hadn't had time to research it properly. COVID list. Okay. Well, that. I mean, that could. I don't know if that's just a close contact or a positive test. So we'll have to. We'll have to do that. We yeah. we can get by without him this weekend because the Ravens yeah. are missing Lamar anyway. Um, they look like they're going to go with Tyler Huntley this weekend. So mm-hmm. if if he has to miss a game, rather it was this week the Ravens yeah. than next week against the Browns. We're going to need him against that run offense. Yeah. Yes, scores of the doors. Thursday night game. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers 28, Minnesota Vikings 36. Obviously, we talked about that last week, so we'll do a quick little rundown. Yes. Fenners, this was a chance for us to win the North. Uh, what do you think the, um, the, the the Vikings done right and the Steelers done wrong? Uh, the Vikings, the Vikings for me, will, will get in the playoffs. 
Um, mm-hmm. And um, I think the Steelers' offense is too stagnant now. I think they need to move on from Ben Roethlisberger. I think they're going to do that in the summer. Um, it was it was just the Vikings put them away early, and although the Steelers did come alive in the fourth, um, it was too little, too late. Yeah. Um, they're a dangerous team, Minnesota. Um, because despite their failings, they've got some talented players and um, just starting to click into gear. Um, and I think if they do get in that in that seventh playoff spot, whoever the number two seed is, they they could upset them. They've got the capabilities to do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Moving on from that, then. Yes. Uh, so you got the Sunday early window, as written in that exact way by Craig. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got one of my. F- it's always, it's not nice for the team who has the score, but it's always satisfying to see a score with a zero in it. Um, just a straight zero points on the board. Uh, Jaguars zero, Titans twenty. Yeah, I didn't expect much from the Jaguars, but I didn't expect them to put up nothing. The Titans, they're trying to get their season right. They're trying to get back into it with their playoff contentions. If they, if they get themselves into the playoffs, which they they, they should do, although the Colts yeah. are coming. Derek Henry can be fit again in the postseason. Yeah. And I feel like it's just they're just trying to scrape by now and just get themselves in there get into playoffs. Derek Henry comes back and boom, they're the Titans we had before again. And that's suddenly yeah. very scary. Um I think they're just doing enough. Um the, the Jags are are a bust. They've they've got work to do. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And on Smith's front, that is a recount and that is a draw. So we are twenty two twenty two. Yep. Yep, there we go. So that is going down to the wire, and I'm glad I did two weeks of four now because it's <laughs> made it <all> very interesting. <laughs> um, moving on to the next ones, uh, we have the Seattle Sea Pigeons 33, Houston Texans 13. Yes, we're bringing back the Sea Pigeons, Joe. Oh yeah, easy, easy. <laughs> um, this for me wasn't so much a surprise for the Texans side. The Sea Pigeons being able to put up 33 was a surprise. And I just think between Lockett and Metcalf, they should have had this kind of form all season. It's just so much has gone wrong for that team. Sea hmm. Pigeons. Lacking an O-line, lacking a running back. Um, yeah. Um, and, and I think um, time for a, a change at head coach as well. I think Pete Carroll... Of the Seahawks, the Seahawks, Sea Pigeons. Sorry, I'll use your own terminology on your own show. Um, <laughs> the Sea Pigeons that were scaring the life out of us five, six, seven years ago—they're no longer yeah. that team. Not good they're, name. Um, they're, 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 they need work. Oh, their defense is definitely a far cry from the Legion of Boom. The well, only thing I'll say about the their running back sort of situation: Rashard Penny had a good game. Do did. you think he's going to be? able to unlock that offense going forward no I, th- I don't think he does and i don't think carson does either i think i think he had a good game <sighs> I, I i don't see him as a long-term running back no. going forward i think i think they need um need somebody in the mold of the beast again do you know what i mean yeah. it's just yeah there's such a pass heavy offense that when you're so you lean so heavy to one style of offense or the other, you negate what you've got. People know yeah. that they've got Metcalf and Lockett and no running back to scare them. So yeah. Metcalf, Metcalf and Lockett are covered up and it's just causing problems because we're seeing that little rift now between Metcalf and Wilson and it's beginning to get a little bit bigger. I think change the head coach, get a running back in and then they can start to go forward again. But they're in the toughest division in football and they need a lot to get out of it. 
Yeah, and I think the trouble is Russell's probably going to be traded or I think he goes as sure. well. Yeah. yeah. I, make a I was going to say get rid of freaking Metcalf and get Kamara. That's quite a bold one. I don't think the, the Saints would let Kamara go. But yeah, make, make your prediction. Where do you think Russell will end up? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. That's not a bad one. I had him going to Denver. I can see that as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I don't think we see him in the blue and green again no. after this year. No. But yes, moving on. Las Vegas Raiders 9, Chiefs 48. So this was the third game that looked like it was going to be a shutout. Um, because it was, uh, let me quickly just find it. Yeah, it was the Washington looked like they were going to be shut out. Jags thought they looked like they were going to be shut out, and Raiders thought like they were going to be shut out. Raiders, honestly, like Carr just did not seem to know what to fucking do on the day. Yeah. Um, the Chiefs' defense, especially just rushing. I don't know if it like just scared the shit out of him or like people just weren't getting into place fast enough, but the amount of times he just had to throw that ball out of play was ridiculous. Yeah, it was very much that sort of thing. He still had a good like completion percentage and for mm. yards, but just there just seemed to be no traction. He had just so many drives that just fizzled out. And I don't know whether it was because they kind of isolated that run game or something along that lines. But yeah, I just don't. There, there was there was a lot missing on this Vegas Raiders D um, offense that we'd seen them steamroll some some teams with their offense early on in the games. I think the Chiefs got written off by a lot of people in the middle of the season. They had a little poor run of form, and suddenly we've all remembered what a good team they are. They've got a lot on offense, and, and even Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is now beginning to look like an effective running back. The one thing I will say, just to hark back to what you said there, Smith, is um, the, the defense blitzes a lot. Mm. Um, Spagnola loves to blitz that defense. I think when the Chiefs face a quarterback of, let's say, just a, a higher level than Derek Carr, um, who can handle that blitz and can read it, the pressure and stuff, I think the Chiefs are then beatable. Um, they look, they look a really good football team again at the moment. and it, they, they certainly could go all the way to the Super Bowl, but I think they are beatable by a quarterback who's uh, a bit more experienced and a bit more capable than Derek Carr. I think there is definitely not all conquering like they once were, but they are much better than they were four or six weeks ago, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I was going to say as well, is this the second... Oh, no, they played Washington last week. Uh, I was going to say, this is like the second game in well, it's in three games that there's been uh the start of a scuffle on the pitch with the Raiders mm. I, I don't know if that's you know because of all the internal shit they've been dealing with yeah. since week four or whatever it was yeah still um, should be happening regardless oh I know it, it shouldn't be but mm. it's it's yeah it's not great to see at the end of the day yeah you haven't really seen anything of it this season mm. and both times it's happened Raiders have been involved yeah. Um, I know me. Brady start tried to start some shit as well, which was weird, but it, there was justification on his part. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, I think past games we've seen a much much better uh, Raiders offense, especially like you say with Carr just not being able to deal with the rushing defense at all. It was an easier win, and was it the um, first snap got fucked up by the Raiders? Yeah on this one and yeah it was just uh, like a yeah, premonition right. for the entire game 
Yeah. Yes. Moving on from that one, New Orleans Saints thirty, Jets nine. I don't know about you guys, but I'm still not sold on Taysom Hill as an actual quarterback. Still not a quarterback. No. no. Um, I think I think I think Jameis is, is a quarterback. Yeah. He's injured. Taysom Hill. I I I he's, he can play football. I don't know what position he plays. I just I can't. Cheerleader. <laughs> yeah. he's, 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 he's not the heir to Drew Brees, that's for sure. No, no. no and I think like when I when I was watching the Saints last year, when when Drew Brees had his final game and he went up to Jameis Winston and said, "This is your team now," I was in two minds because I thought, "Well, Taysom's been there for so long; he knows the offense." But then I realized the reason why he knows the offense is because he's been a part of it the whole time. A true next step quarterback should have been watching that offense develop. And I think that's what Winston's been doing. Winston, when he's on this team, looks good. Taysom, when he is the focal point of this team, doesn't look as good. I think neither had any favours done by the fact that Sean Payton sold the salary cap out last year to try and win it all. Yeah, they paid, they've paid for it this year, especially yeah. with Michael Thomas missing as well. Gotcha. Um, it's it's Taysom's got no one to throw it to, and it's so Kamara based. Yeah. Take Kamara out, and they went on a horrible losing streak, and then. Yeah, Jameis. I, I, I like Jameis. I think there's a good QB in there somewhere. Again, he's just got no real targets. It's like the Callaway yeah. have been good, but Callaway is, is not Thomas, and it's it's just not the same Saints of old. Not the defense of the Saints has done well. The offense is stale. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say as well that there must have been a freaking sigh of relief in that Saints locker room when they were like, "Finally, Kamara's back. We can start yeah. playing again." <laughs> yeah, so dependent on him. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, don't get me wrong, his, his average isn't great on the rushing thing, but he did 27 carries I know for 120 yards. Yeah. I know it's not many yards, but still 27 carries. And yeah. to be fair, running is... back with a 100-yard game is always a good one. But... Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. going to say that the amount of carries he did was nine more receptions than the receiving team put together. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it is the New Orleans Camaras. It's not the Saints at all. It's just dependent on him at all. Right, and uh, like you said, when he, when he was out, they just got bulldozed. Yep. On the flip side of that, I think that Wilson has the potential to be a good quarterback. I just think he just needs to be on a different team. It's, he needs a bit of time. Like, his last year on the Bucks, he through 5,000 yards and there are only a handful of quarterbacks in any NFL history who've done that. But with that came like 31 interceptions or something. Sorry, no, I was ridiculous. talking about Zach Wilson, the... Oh, apologies, sorry. For the Jets. Sorry. <laughs> um, sorry, yeah. I take that back. He sucks! <laughs> I, I don't rate him. I, I don't see it. No? Can't. I, I don't think he's an NFL QB. I, I, I don't see enough there. Okay. Oh, we'll agree to disagree. No, absolutely, absolutely. And so, like, I just think with the with the Jets where they are at the moment, they're going to try and build around him. But I just don't know whether he'll go far. But he could. I, I think he could be ending up like a Fitzmagic situation. He goes to like four different teams, and is average to to good on some of them. Bring me back when he's MVP, and I'll apologise on air. All right. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, like stats wise, he like got ninety nine. Um, completions out of 42 which mm. is less than half not great but 
That was for 202 yards overall, and then he still did the most yardage rushing-wise. Mm. I feel like, yeah, okay, he's not that special, but neither is anybody on the Jets. There is nobody that is a standout player at all. Um, it's like um, how we bring up um, is it Jamal Williams on the Lions? Yeah. Um, how he, he was he is a good player, but because he's on the Lions, it sort of like drowns him and drowns him out in this sort of like shitty static. Yeah. There's there's nobody that is a standout effective player on that team at all. No. Mm. But yes, moving on from that one. Falcons twenty nine, Panthers twenty one. Decent. <laughs> the the response to the match. There we go. That that's a description of the match. Just decent. I mean, I, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I think for the Falcons, it's kind of the same as the Saints, except instead of Kamara, it's Patterson. Yeah. Mm. Um, that's the way it's going. Um, even though I, I know they've got some players that they are relying a bit more on like Kyle Pitts and Mike Davis um, but like I say every week even though I like the team they still fucking hate Matt Ryan. He might as well was, just be a nice sculpture. I don't give a shit about him. was win or bust for both teams of this so the, the winner still has a chance at the playoffs. The loser is done now and the Panthers are done Yeah, I think the Panthers have got a really good young defence Um. When they lost Darnold, to not massive Darnold fan, but he did well. They brought Cam in, and Cam can't throw anymore, so he can run. Then they lost McCaffrey, so he had his best receiver and his running back gone. So now it's just Cam kind of running around by himself. And when you shut that down, he's forced to throw it, and then it becomes a mess. And yeah, I think the Falcons are the better team, and they, it was right that they won the game. Um, there's a future for the Panthers, though, but they need to sort themselves out in terms of Get Darnold back if he's their guy. If not, go get somebody else. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. Panthers, the Panthers are paying Cam Newton, Cam Newton's replacement, Cam Newton's replacement's replacement. I know Cam Newton again. Um, yeah, they just they just need to find their quarterback and settle down on it. And if it's Darnold, fine. But um, yeah, they just need a bit of stability because there is a team there. Yeah, that's it. When when Sam Darnold started playing, I was like, no, nah, Sam Darnold's not the guy. Like yeah. you saw what he then done. He he looked very good at the start. They had that yeah. slump. He went out, and then they brought in Walker, and he looked okay as kind of like the, the next step up. I was weirded out when they brought Newton back, but after those first two games when he looked good playing in that offense again, I thought this was this was the right move for them. But yeah. then these this game, it didn't look like it flowed. And I say, like, I think they're too busy trying to to slow to, to fix the, the problem immediately while just like swapping out parts instead of just letting those parts ease into place. <laughs> it just reminds me like an engine breaking down or something and somebody being like, okay, we know how to fix it, but for now, gaffer tape. <laughs> it's like they'll do it'll do for now. It'll do for now. Just to flex yeah. paste on it and hope for the best. There you <laughs> go. Uh, the like that, um, weird fixer on TikTok where you like um, puts noodles in shit and lets it harden up, and then it's like, oh, that's that's fixed that missing tile on the floor or something like that. Oh yes, oh, yes. Need, to see that. need to see that noodle thing first of all. Um, yeah, the Cam Newton nostalgia was nice, wasn't it? But yeah, it, it just hasn't worked. No. Do you see a team? 
im Incredible. The... And so good with his arm and he's built like a linebacker and he runs at you like he was terrifying yeah um, and he gets left out of these best running quarterback conversations that Vic and Lamar Easy. are in but yeah. he was he was every part of that and now I think it's just caught up with him the injuries caught up with him he's not as fast anymore he can't throw anymore and unfortunately because yeah. I, I love the guy I really do I just think he's done yeah no, no I agree I think I th- it's weird in that kind of regards I think the future for Cam Newton is a Taysom Hill role. I think if you put him next to a good quarterback, he could fit into that yeah. role. I think the difference is Taysom Hill is humble enough to do it, whereas Cam Newton wants the Cam Newton show, yeah. and rightly. But uh, yeah, 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 you're right. No, there, yeah. there could be utility for him if he's willing to play like this kind of pseudo QB halfback running back and use yeah. what he's got in terms of a frame, but. He wants to be the star. I don't think anybody's yeah. going to let him anymore. No, absolutely. And I think yeah. we're running out of head coaches. That will take a shot on him now. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, on that front. And just as a quick point between the middle, apparently, because Matt LaFleur is trending on Twitter for some reason. Oh. Um, and I have found out why Matt LaFleur is trending on Twitter. Apparently, a poll of 316 women ranked how hot each NFL head coach is on a scale from 1 to 10 on the first 10 photos returned by Google Images. And Matt LaFleur is literally the hottest coach in the NFL. I've Holy. known that for ages. Hard I know. agree. Hard it's agree. only just popped up to me. Um, okay. But, you know. Do we know, yeah. um, Do we know who came second? Oh, got second. Brian Flores. <laughs> Wait, which one's that one? <laughs> Uh, isn't that dolphins yeah that's yeah. dolphins right but now nah, the best thing to come out that whole thing is in the nfl bc chat mm. <laughs> I've, I've forgotten what the uh the the, the coach is called but when you brought that thing up all i was imagining was the uh mm. coach for the chiefs being on that list Andy Reed. <laughs> i mean the lowest the lowest rated is Vic fangio so he's actually the most ugly coach of the nfl yeah so. bill belichick <laughs> i will say he's not the hottest but he's he looks husband material. Brandon Staley. <laughs> Brandon Staley is husband material. Oh, yeah. thing to say. <laughs> Just saying. Bill Belichick right. is ninth. No, no, no. no I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm moving past. Brandon Staley, the Chargers head coach. If you look at him, he's not the hottest. He's not going to blow you away in the bedroom. But you know he's going to have dinner on the table by the time you get home. Okay? Yeah, no, no, he proper looks like a cuckold, doesn't he? Oh, oh okay. okay, you took it to a different level. I'm wow, like, yeah. this guy is going to like, he's he, when you get home after a hard day's work, he's already run you a bar. This, no, this guy has he already run you a bar. For you, but in the, he can't perform in the other ways in the bedroom, so you have to get somebody else in for it. But I get what you like, mean. Does it go like this every week? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to say this is the outlier, but it's really not. In <laughs> <laughs> predictions, we started talking about animals fighting each other. Yes. We get sidetracked, but we do bring it back in line Sometimes. eventually. And by bringing it back in line, we get to the Ravens versus the Browns. Now, that's a segue. Um, <laughs> Ravens 22, Browns 24. Oh, I don't know what the fuck has happened to Jackson. <laughs> well, he got injured. Oh, well, yeah. That's, that's true. I completely forgot he got in. Was it in the first quarter? Start of the second, I thought. Yeah. He's missing. Uh, it was an ankle line. injury, wasn't it? Yeah, the O line for the Ravens isn't what it's it used to be. Absolute bits. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think the the trouble is people have figured out this Ravens offense um, and they're not, they're not adjusting quick enough. Um, Lamar doesn't trust anyone to throw to outside of Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews. He's lost his regular two running backs and it makes the the Ravens really predictable. Um, I think the Browns are the best team in the, in the AFC North. Um, But the, the COVID situation that's ripped through them this week might, into the fact of whether they win it or go to the playoffs or not. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a toss-up for me between because the the Browns' defense, and I said this to you last week on the podcast. Did. You did. Um, I just think like the Browns' defense is uh, like one of those ones that is scary. Um, with what they had, you know, going forward, uh, the Browns' defense is always scary, and that's why I think like the AFC North is, you know, you have to have a good defence and a pucker, pucker offence to beat that Browns team. And I think there's only, now that Lamar's gone down, I think there's only the Bengals that have the offence to take the Browns down. Yeah, we could see a scenario where the Steelers and the Ravens both missed the playoffs. Yeah. I'll throw that out there. I think, I think, hard, this is a hard call. I think both will miss the playoffs because I think... Um, one will win the division and go. The the Pats are going to go. Um, the the Titans are going to go. I think the to- the Colts are going to go. And I think three out of the AFC West are going to go. I think the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Broncos will all make the playoffs. Yeah. And I can see the Ravens and the Steelers both missing out, which is unheard of. Yeah. Yeah, and I say I think if the Browns' defense can do what they need to do, which they've done against them um, this week, if they can yeah. continue on that against their in their last couple of games. Which fingers crossed they don't, because one of their last games is the Packers. Um, I just think oh, Christmas yeah, Day, yeah, Christmas Day game. So Treat. this game's an interesting one. I wanted to focus on it a little bit more because talking Packers with yourself, we play the Ravens this week coming, and then the Browns yep. afterwards. Yep. If the Packers can pull their, you know. <laughs> put their defence where it needs to be, put their offence where it needs to be, we can win both of these games. Which, yeah. if you're either, if you're a fan of anybody in the AFC North at the moment, you're rooting for the Packers. Because A, you want, if you're if you're a Ravens fan and you lose to the Packers, you also want the Browns to lose to the Packers to equalise it out. If you're a Bengals or a Steelers fan, you want them, want the, want the Packers to win as well. I think a full-strength Ravens is a really tough game for the Packers. Yeah. Um, Lamar at his best is a, is the kind of thing we don't like to face. We don't like to face QBs that run around a lot. Yeah. Um, but they're missing so many, and all of their secondaries in bits. And I I don't know how gonna with, especially with with Humphrey gone. Um, the name of the other corner alludes me unfortunately, but I don't know how they're gonna cover Adams and MVS this weekend. And I can see the Packers winning by two scores or more. I, yeah are a good team at their best at the Ravens. They're missing so many. Um, we had a Ravens fan on our podcast last night and he basically gave the same synopsis. Their season is decimated by injuries. Their yeah. hope is that they can squeeze through, nick into the playoffs and get a few back in January. But yeah. I think time's running out for them. Yeah, and I say, I agree with you with like the AFC West sort of thing with the Chiefs Chargers definitely going through. Um, and I say, with, with, that, with the, the Titans, the Colts, Potentially, you know, you look in a very slim window for anybody else in the North to go through. So I think if you win the North, you're the only team from the North going through. 
Yeah, it's going to be one from the north, one from the east. I think you're right. Titans and Colts, Chiefs and Chargers, and then that leaves the likes of the Ravens, the Bills, and the Broncos fighting yeah. for one spot. Yeah, absolutely. So, talking about this, we talked about the Ravens side of things, the Brown side of things. Do you think, obviously we've talked about the Browns' defence, do you think the Browns' offence has enough to, to, to take them through? <laughs> they're, the, they're the antithesis of what I said earlier, in whereby mm. when your offence is so one-sided, you negate yourself. Yep. Um, doesn't work for the Browns, though, because the Browns have no passing offence because Baker's been so hit and miss this year. OBJ's gone. They only have four receiving touchdowns all year, um, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, it's all falls on Chubb and Hunt and yeah. yet they continue to just do it and get away with it each week because they're so good yeah. um, there is no dual threat running back core in this league as good as those two yeah. and like you said because the defence is solid they can win any game on their day um, I'm more afraid of the Browns than I am of the, of the Ravens even though the Ravens game is in Baltimore and the Browns game is at Lambeau yeah um, They've got every chance of beating us for sure. Um, yeah. Like to think in this in in the, in the Lambo cold will do it, but um, yeah, that's a tough game. It's got to be a great watch on Christmas Day night as well. Absolutely, hundred percent, hundred percent. So we've we've said we we the, the last of our four games. I think we're both consensus agreeing on is uh, Craig's gone. What? Craig the 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 recording bot is not in the yeah he went it went a while ago oh really but I thought you were doing a backup one which is why I didn't bring it up okay um we'll try and get him back in in a bit but yeah no I've got the backup going Um, sweet I I think he went I thought he went after Scruffy left a thing but um he he left a little bit ago okay um the only thing that I was going to quickly bring up about the Browns is uh, one that um, Miles Garrett's uh, touchdown was pretty fun. Mm. Um, And uh, Chubb and Hunt just sounds like a buddy cop TV show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like 80s cops with like dodgy tashes. Yeah. Yeah. This week we investigate racism at Washington. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) Mayfield! (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, I think like out of the Packers' last four games, I think we have the consensus of like the Browns is the only game that I'm a little bit worried about. Oh, I, I disagree, and I'll tell you for why. Um, and I'll tell you for why. Um, it's Minnesota because if we lost to Minnesota, Minnesota, yeah. if we lose to Minnesota at Lambeau, it probably means we won't get the one seed. We'll probably get the two seed. Yeah. I think Minnesota then nick into the playoffs as the seventh seed, and suddenly we're playing them a third time this season, having lost twice already. Um, and I'm actually terrified of that game. Um, I think the Browns are are a scary opposition. I think Minnesota, because the implications, if they beat us, they get every opportunity to beat us again. Um, yeah, I, I'm worried about that. And I would like to think, actually, maybe Minnesota could drop a, a game, if not two, before we play them and, and end their season. Um I, think, I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going to get in the playoffs at seven, that seventh seed. I think the thing that doesn't worry me enough about um, the the Vikings is that 
they've squeaked through in that game against us. You think about a lot of their their conversions. Yeah. It was third and long. They were always they were relying on third down more than anything. I think there's a different atmosphere at Lambeau where we can nullify that effect. And I think I say like they they've got not a great record because their offense isn't able to seal out games. Agreed. They've they they're five and they're six and seven this year. Mm. All those games bar one have been decided by one score. So they've only beaten one team by more than one score yeah. once. Yeah. Um, I, I I hear exactly what you're saying. Um, Jefferson and and Cook and Thielen are just. I don't know. Maybe it's because it's the familiarity of the foe. I, I don't know what it is, but there's just something there. Um, I'm just checking their schedule now, actually, just to see if they could be out of it before we um, before we face them again. They've got the Bears this weekend, and then away to the Rams. So I yeah. guess if they if they drop that game at the Rams, then yeah, suddenly they're seven and eight. If they lose at Lambeau seven and nine, and they're probably done. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Just just a trap game potentially. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And shall we move on to the late window games? We have got to steamroll some of these because we are in a long recording already. <laughs> Scruffy, you back? No, he's not. Okay, so the late window game. We'll start off with the New York Giants against the LA Chargers. Giants 21, Chargers 37. Personally... I just thought this game was an easier one for the Chargers. Um, it was not as close as it seems, even though it's you know a 16-point game. But bloody hell, if Justin Herbert isn't one to watch for the next 17 years, he has got an absolute cannon for an arm. Mm. He definitely gets he, MVP at some point. Yeah, he is honestly a, like in quarterback terms a destroyer of worlds. Yeah. Easily, um, and I think the thing is with Herbert is he's managed to find targets out of nowhere, sort of thing. Um, with you know what he's got with Washington Eckler, obviously he's got that kind of good relationship with him. But then finding like Josh Palmer and Guyton and then Parham, sort of thing. Williams, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, all these extra people that he can just bring in just on his talent alone. He is gonna be a t like. When we're thinking of like teams building around a quarterback, I think the Chargers would be like one of those exceptions where you're like you should build around Herbert. Legit, they've got enough pieces to to build the real skeleton of a team. Um, they're always going to have to overthrow the Chiefs each year because the yeah. Chiefs aren't going to go away. They've they've got that heavyweight in their division, which is tough. Um, but, but yeah, definitely a, a good core going forward. Um, I was just going to say, like, in in regards to like how you said before about the um, sea pigeons, um, with Wilson and uh, Metcalf, you can see their little, um, not communication issues, but like it's sort of like a, a friendship on the team, really, sort of breaking down slightly. Yeah. Um, I saw a thing the other week where it's like uh, Herbert's obviously got a good relationship with all of his receivers, where they were putting up. The Chargers put up some posts about like who's the best bromance or whatever. Justin mm. Herbert was a part of every single bromance, and there were seven of them. So yeah. like he clearly has an extremely good relationship, and obviously is a really good person um, to have 
that connection with his team. And yeah. obviously, if you get players who are a bit more effective, it's um, yeah, it's it's a point made really that he would be a connection with almost anybody. I'd say it'd take a quite a quite a big rarity. Maybe I can't remember what psycho you plays for the Buccaneers that you said spat shit crazy when he was at the Patriots. Tony Brown. Um, I wish like people like him possibly won't. Maybe Metcalf won't because he's just too big in his head. Um, mm. But like you said, building around especially a quarterback like that who is fucking cannon of, of arm can clearly run and has the mind of knowing when to run and not, you know, risk it too much. And then just, yeah, build those relationships stronger than anything. He, he, he will um, make that team into a very destructive team. The Chargers have been bang average for so long that the guys on their team who are the better players like Keenan Allen and Darwin James and that, they haven't had the chance to get a big ego. And they're now yeah. all, they're all growing together. Um, yeah, they could be a playoff team for years to come yet. And the thing is about that sort of thing, when you've been mediocre for so long, you don't expect the money to come in. So they could probably be very clever with their cap space and yes. just bring in good to to great guys on the cheap who just want to be part of a successful franchise. Mm. Shout. Shout. Talking of successful franchises, shall we move on to the Buffalo Bills and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Uh, Bills won. Uh, sorry, Bills lost this game twenty-seven to thirty-three. I think they're done. You um, think they're done? I think they're done. Uh, there's no way. When you asked everybody preseason who was going to win what divisions, there were a couple yeah. that were nailed on, and the Packers to win the NFC North, and the Bills to win the AFC East, and the Bills have thrown it away. Um, and it's seven and six. They're now not going to catch the Patriots. No. Um, the, the, they waited 20 years for the Patriots to suck. They sucked for one season and then the Patriots have caught and passed them again and it must suck for everyone in Buffalo to be part of that. Um, yeah. I don't know what's gone on, but the walls have fallen off and I've, I cannot understand how a team that loaded is 7-6. and six. Do not get it. They're now the, the biggest underachievers in the NFL this season for me because they've blown it. They were in a window to win the whole thing and they've blown it. I think the thing that's that's gone wrong for the Bills is that lack of running offense. Because their, their off- running offense at the moment is all Josh Allen. Um, they they need to get a single Terry back in the game somehow. Um, if they can, they can potentially salvage the rest of the season. They're not going to win the East, but I think they can get through on a wild card and make a challenge for it. They're going to have to. They're going to have to get in the playoffs as a sixth or seventh seed and then face the Titans or the Patriots and yep. every game now is every game is a Super Bowl for them now, like you said, because they cannot move the football. Yeah. Um, it just means Alan is negated because Diggs is double covered. The other receivers are double covered. Yeah. Um, they, they've caught on to Knox now. Knox is facing heavier covers than he yeah. would have before. I've, they've run out of ideas and it's a shame. Yeah. I mean, what, what do you think of the, the Bills defense? Like I, I the only reason I bring that up is because Brady did two, Brady did fucking seven runs, um, and I know two of them he actually made first down by rushing it. Did you see the press conference? No, um, oh, Michael Hyde was in, and he said he's not fucking doing that anymore. He's got to stop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's just signs of cracking in the defense yeah. there, and I think. Um, I think there's a lot of tension and I think there's a lot going on behind the scenes in that locker room and um, 
There's a lot of guys who are expecting to be playing football in February and a lot of guys were hoping that maybe they were going to get their ring this year. And I think they're all looking at each other and pointing the finger now. The defence is looking at the offence. The offence is looking at the defence. Everyone's looking at the running backs. Stefan Diggs is pissed off. Michael Hyde is pissed off. Sorry. Um, yeah, I think there's just a lot of... I, just I completely can't, agree. Can't, can't it, fathom it. It's like how we said at, said at the start of the season, this... Um... Buccaneers team is basically the infinity gauntlet of teams for like, mm-hmm. especially receivers. Yeah. If there is one team that you have to prove yourself, especially as a defense against, it is this fucking team. Yeah. Um. Even if you lose it, as long as you put up a fucking fight and you make some good plays, you can you you can still prove yourself by losing. It's just yeah, the, the way that they just didn't seem to like connect and. Yeah, but Brady made two first downs by rushing. Um, I know that there was one where he tried. To, did he like score a touchdown by rushing? And he, um, two of them, I know, like picked him up by like his each side of his pelvis, and then Brady kicked off. Oh, I did see that. Yeah, I did see that. Like, is that is that allowed? That, or is it just a bit of a you know a bit of a like fumble? We oh, we grabbed the wrong place. Um. I know Brady has the best quarterback versus team record in NFL history. His record against the Bills is 32-3. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, it's just a little bit of extra something when he faces them. Um, yeah, I, I don't know quite what went on there. No, I think tensions were high for that point, especially if you're... It's like you're right with the, the Bills locker room. Something's gone wrong, terribly it, wrong at the end of it, and they just need to... Sorry. That's right. Did it all go wrong the day they lost to the Jags, 9-6? I think so. I think yeah, so. I think so too. Yeah, because I say, like, if you're if you're almost a shoe-in for the Super Bowl at that point, you shouldn't be losing to arguably the team that's going to get the second first-round pick in, in consecutive years. You yeah. shouldn't be losing to that team, especially in such a low-scoring, pathetic way. I going to say, it was the manner of the defeat as well, which yeah. was kicked in so badly to... to... You can only put up six points against the Jags yeah. when when you're that team is is not good enough. Yeah, I it, it, I I don't want to look through all the games and scores and stats and everything, but it, are the Bills that of the Bills like basically put up two of like pretty pathetic score lines this season? The one against the Jags, and then I know the, their game against pa- Patriots last week was a really shit score line. It was ten um, fourteen. Um, yeah, so that, that the was thing the, that, the thing that was the shit about this one was Mac Jones's stats because Mac Jones had yeah. two completions on three attempts. That was the worst part about that. So um, yeah, they they've not done brilliantly. They've not been able to to be competitive in those sort of games, uh, which is going to be a detriment to their season for sure. So then, last but not least, Scruffy, should we do the uh, the Monday night game? He said he was back. He did say he would. Oh, there we go. I am. Hello. Are we on to the last score? (laughs) Yeah, Monday night game. Monday night game. LA Rams 30, Arizona Cardinals 23. This was a massive result for the playoff picture. Massive result for the playoff picture. I mean, I can say that, like, after watching this, I wasn't surprised by it, mm-hmm. but it's not what I expected. 
for some uh, reason, I, I did expect the Cardinals to come with come away with the win. Yeah, but I it was one of them where because they were against the Rams, uh, it was one of them where I was, I was looking at it beforehand. I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams win, but mm-hmm. in my expectations, I would expect the uh, Cardinals to win. And I think you know a lot of people would have the same thing, especially with the Cardinals being at home. They won that away game. Now it's the yeah. home fixture for them. They should have been favourites to win this, and they I think they were. Uh, Fenners, you probably know, they were seven points favourites, or was it five point favourites? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was five and a half points favourites. Yeah. Um, and like you said, the home advantage makes a big difference, and it, it was a real heavyweight clash. But yeah, um, it's twice now that the cards have been caught out at home um, when, when they face good opposition and um, slightly off topic, come back to the game but DeAndre Hopkins is out for the rest of the regular season. Does that end the cards' chances of the one seed maybe, especially after that loss? Um, I don't know, but yeah. I, I, what ends I, their I, chances? I, I know you're okay. I had the Rams to win, but um, yeah. not quite in the manner that they did. No, it was the same thing as yourself. Like I, I had the Rams to win it more on hope than anything else because I <laughs> said to myself, if the Rams, Rams win this game, the Packers have a chance to take the one seed from them. If the Cardinals had won this game, then we would have had to have relied on so many other results to go right for us to get the one seed. Um, I think the thing that's going to screw up the Cardinals getting the one, you know, winning out and trying to fight for that one seed again isn't going to be the loss of DeAndre Hopkins. It's going to be what their their lack of adaptability. Because um, I say with with Murray not being, I don't know whether it's not being that that what he was at the start of the season over the over the past couple of days since he went out. Um, it's that kind of stuff where he's not been that that level of QB again. I think that could that could stop them going all the way that they need to. I mean, at the start of the season, he, the dude was a bullet. I mean, don't get me wrong, yeah. he still ran quite a few, but he, uh, he was literally a bullet yeah. in the first few games. Um, what injury did he go out with? For a... I can't remember. Venice, do you know why he was out? No, can't remember. There we go, then. Because I was going to say, like, obviously, if it is a, a leg foot injury, I know it make more sense for him to stop doing that or slow down on that front on purpose um, to avoid, obviously, getting worse and happening again. But like you say, he um, he's still good. Don't get me wrong. He's still fucking amazing. But yeah, he's, um, yeah, compared to the start of the season, he's s- s- slowed down or at least toned it down a little bit. James Conner has been really good for the cards. Yes. Um, really, really good pickup. And we're seeing more of him than just a punch it in running back that the Steelers used him as. He looks very multi, multi-level now. So, um, yeah, he's really stood out for them, I think. He's had to. So, Murray's injury was a rolled left ankle. Right, yeah. That would uh, make quite a lot of sense then. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's the games for week 14, done and dusted. Now, regular listeners of the show will know we normally do the Thursday night game of week 15. However, we are recording this in the past, uh, where that game hasn't happened yet. Um, so, Wait, how far in the past can we take uh, out Hitler? 
We can't take out Hitler. Damn it. We can potentially take out Gorbachev, though. I'm involved in that. I'll take that on. Yeah, yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, all right, stay tuned for us taking down the Iron Curtain. <laughs> <laughs> um, but today's game, the Chargers versus the Chiefs, looks like an insane game. I'm so looking forward to this game. It could be so built up in my head that it's going to be another 9-6 disappointment, but I don't think so with Mahomes coming back the way he is and Herbert playing the way he has been this season. I'm just looking forward to um, Herbert's just bomb passes and then mm. um, every now and again, um, Mahomes really pissing me off with his like bowling strike of a pass. <laughs> I hate that pass when he does it. It honestly I threw a threw a football around with Sam the other week and it I know it fucking worked. It worked really well when I did it, but I hate it. Brilliant. But yeah. It's absolutely uh... fucking nine one split. Oh man. Could be a real points first. Could be a points first. This has the setup to be the highest scoring game of the season. For sure. Um, And Herbert isn't going to get rattled by heavy blitzes the way Jordan Love was. Um, He will will embrace that and and blitz Justin Herbert at your peril. You want to send seven guys after him, he'll bomb you over the top. Oh, yeah. Um, So Spagnuolo's got to come up with something a little bit more shrewd to get the best out of him tonight. Um, Yeah. I, I really hyped for this game. I think it's going to be awesome. Oh, man, absolutely. Absolutely. So leading with that kind of discussion, Scruffy, do you want to take us into the predictions for this week? Yes, let's get started off straight away because we're already at an hour and 45 minutes. Mm. Um, Texans, Jaguars. Uh, just the way the Jags have been playing, I've got Texans this one. Okay. I'm going to say the Jags because I think... I don't think either team deserve to win this, but I think if any team is going to win it, it's going to be the Jags. They're going to figure something out from you know the firing of Urban Meyer. Uh, maybe they'll maybe they'll actually start playing, and the coaches won't be thinking they're losers. I don't know. Fenners, what you got? First of all, are there four predictions? Only there's three. three this week. Three. If I get all three, do I get do I get to come back again? You get a blowjob. Yes, I'll take that. I mean, I'm pretty um, sure we'd all. I'm pretty sure all of us here would have you back again. To be oh, honest. easy. Oh, you're gonna say pretty sure. You're gonna say pretty sure. No, <laughs> yeah. I mean, no. You know I, mean? <laughs> I get three bloody three jobs. Winner. Three. No, 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 no. no. At, the, at the same time, not three separate ones. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I was gonna say the and then one on the shaft. It depends <laughs> on which one it is. Um, I'll, I'll. If you get the Jets and Dolphins one, I'll, I'll do that blow job. Nice. Texas right, Jack cool. ones. Craig will do that one. The other one. I want. Yeah, so, they, right, cool. so it's up to you which one you want. Um, Texas Jags <laughs> is, is possibly the most painful game in the NFL yeah. to predict. Um, normally, when it's two teams that are equally matched, I go for which one's got the most experience, and that would be the Texans. However, in this circumstance, I think it's probably a party atmosphere in Duval right now with Urban Meyer gone. I'm going to go for the Jags as well. But, um, okay. Like, like just, and it won't be pretty. <laughs> and then moving on from that one, we got Browns at the Raiders. Uh, yeah, you just, want to start us off? I, I'd go like with the the game that the Raiders played last week, and 
the um, okayness to decent defense of the Browns. Um, I'd go, I'd go Browns to be honest. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with that as well. I mean, I've, I've hyped the Browns up. I, I've, I've said for a, the longest time on this show, especially like. I do rate the Browns' defense. They've had a few slip-ups, but with the way the Raiders have been playing, with the way the Browns' defense has been playing, I think they they squeak out a victory. And I think as well, especially like defense-wise, I've got to start paying a bit more attention to stuff like that, especially like in the past. I know, Greg, you had to go with me for saying that I feel like TJ Watt's a bit overrated for the price he was and stuff like that. But oh, it's been one of my running jokes for the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Miles my, my Garrett um, is second in that. We would have like the most sacks and everything. Mm-hmm. He did awesome last week, as we just said. Um, so yeah, I think I'm just paying a bit, a bit more attention to the actual defense itself. The, yeah. the Browns would take that. It's ben is what hard, you got. It's a hard one to call because um, the Browns' COVID list. Um, yeah. If it was full strength against full strength, the, the Browns walk this. Um, as it's not. Um, I think it's a really tight game. I will take the Browns, but um, by one score or a field goal or something like that, yeah. it's, it's not going to be a blowout. It's going to be real, no. real tight. And, and both both teams need the W for the, if they're going to get in the playoffs. The Raiders have got yeah. a slim chance. Um, the Browns have, have obviously they've got more of a chance because the door's open. Um, is there's a lot on the line, and I, I think the Browns will just about pull it out. Okay, and then finally, Jets of the Dolphins. Let you take this one first. You let me take it first. Okay, thank you. Uh, I'm gonna say Dolphins. Um, I don't think that the Jets have got enough on offense. Um, I'm not saying that the Dolphins' defense, uh, sorry, offense is is much better, but with the likes of Gaskin, Tua Vailoa has still got the better chance around him of getting the win uh, than Wilson and the Jets. So you're going for Dolphins? Yeah. Cool. Just double checking. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I, I'm go- I wanted to go Dolphins as well. Um, I don't think the Jets have a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, the Dolphins are—they're are, still on their win streak, aren't they? Uh, I believe. Yeah, five, st- five straight. Yeah. 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 Because w- was it their bye week? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they. Uh, yeah, I, I think. Yeah, the Dolphins will. Take this, even though I've just seen a thing saying the wide receiver Waddle is on the COVID list. Ah. Um, uh, and it's their fifth player to go on the list in the past week. So probably thanks to Omicron, I'm guessing. There's a real danger that this Omicron is going to derail the, the end mm. of the season and we're not going to get yeah. the, the outcomes that we deserve. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, I, I agree with you both. The Dolphins are by a distance, the better team. Um, by a distance, the better quarterback. By a distance, the better defense. Um, and these two do not like each other either. And the Dolphins yeah. will not want to lose to the Jets at home. This is their this is their their most important game of the season. Um, and I think the Dolphins will win by considerable margin, with or without Waddle. Just to add, this is, as I say, the fifth player on their list. The others are Philip Lindsay at Southampton, Ahmed, Miles Gaskin, and Javon Howard. Holland, so that's, th- even. So that's three running backs that could make yeah, a difference. Yeah, that could make a difference. Um, I'm going to stick with my initial prediction, but yeah, I, I was going to say I'm, I'm sticking with the Dolphins anyway because on the Jets front, I think 
a bit like how we've discussed the Broncos this mm. season where they look good when they're against shit teams. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah to me, like the Jet, when the Jets have won or played well, it's because they have been against a team that don't really have a chance. So, yeah. And Dolphins, yeah, they're not amazing, but at least they've, they've seemed to have stood their ground and been okay against other teams as well. So I'm, I'm going to stick with them as well loss of Michael Carter ended the Jets season because they've, they've got like Crowder and Mims and stuff in the passing room but um, Carter was so good at running back and, and Tevin Coleman is, is not that guy um, that that was the end for them Yeah, I think there is a core for the Jets to build going forward though they've, they've drafted really well in recent years and 3 and 10 is a bit harsh on them the likes yeah. of like Quinn and Williams, Mackay Beckton Michael Carter, the other Michael Carter all really good players um, if I'm wrong about Zach Wilson and he comes good then there's a core and maybe they can do something but again they're in a tough division because the Dolphins look good the Patriots look good uh, the Bills are good despite the fact that they've fallen apart the Jets they need a lot if they're going to upset any of those three yeah absolutely so that's the predictions done and dusted and that's another week's podcast going um, um, I, I actually just wanted to bring up one last thing Okay. Um, it's not actually to do with the NFL as a whole I don't well, know if any of gonna, you guys... It's going to get edited out of the podcast, then. <laughs> <laughs> no, go for it. Yeah, just, I, no, I just wanted to bring up the whole, you know, argument. <laughs> no, Jesus um... Christ! Yeah, he said it's getting That's cut out. Getting um, no, in college football, I don't know if you guys had seen it, where I can't remember what team it was and what player it was. He, the quarterback, did a rush, and he did a fake slide. Yes, where he like slightly went down, and then yeah, defense this. went, and then he carried on Can running. He, and I can't remember if he just made the first down or he scored a touchdown from it. He got the touchdown. But some, I think, after that game, um, they've made like a ruling within the NFL of mm-hmm. like American Bandit. football as a whole that like that is not allowed. If you're going down, you go down. Yeah, because the second the defense see the quarterback going down, they are not allowed to touch him. So if he's going to fake that, it's yeah, it's just going to it's unfair. Fuck up the defense, yeah. It's it's a good decision to ban. It was Kenny Pickett, I believe, in the ACC championship. Um, but I personally think that's a perfectly reasonable move to ban. If there's if there's a rule that states you can't touch someone while they're down or going down, very specifically going down then why would they allow you to fake going down? Because you effectively go, well, you can't touch me now, and then run into the, t- run into the end zone. It's yeah, that's, that's I mean, like, don't, don't get me wrong, when I, when I saw it, I went, oh, that, that's actually quite smart. But then when I thought about it a bit more, I was like, actually, no, yeah, that's, that's really like taking advantage um, of something that it is basically not a, oh, okay, you know, I've, I've done this just to give myself an edge to I've done this, so you cannot touch me. Yeah. And by the time you've realised, I'm fucking away. It's it's. I would go as far as to say it is dirty play. Mm-hmm. That is just a bit scummy. Probably past yeah, absolutely. the scummy. It really is. Like that's not a move that I I personally would ever like. No, see. It's just no, absolutely. Fun. And that's, I think uh, you know, I'm glad they've they've outlined it because that had a potential to to kind of ruin the game even further. I mean, <laughs> some of the late hits on the quarterback, like you look at them. So I say, like some of the plays, the calls this year by the refs have been absolutely rubbish with the rough in the passer calls and stuff like that. This just would open a whole new door um, 
to just absolute scummery. Um, yeah, that 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 essentially was like them going, "No, we are we are banning you from yeah. opening Pandora's yeah. box." Yeah, it it literally is, and I'm gonna use it as a sporting pass between. It's it's not like it, but it's close enough to. It's like the FIA saying that they're going to clarify the rules, except with the NFL, they actually do it instead of talk yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, shade um, on the FIA. I, um, I will shade the FIA for years. In another podcast when we've not been going for two hours. Exactly. Fenners, <laughs> <laughs> um, you have a podcast. We have talked about it a little bit. Give it Go a little it. bit of a pitch. Go. Um, so it's called Unpacked, which is a, a it's it's a really 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 clever pun on Green Bay Packers. Unpacked, thought up by me and Murph in all of about eight seconds. Um, <laughs> we, we, some football does get talked about on it sometimes. Um, that that can't be denied. Um, the focus of the show really is that each Wednesday, Murph and I text each other and be like, "Are we going to do Unpacked this week?" And we're like, "Yeah." And then we come on with nothing prepared, and then we we bullshit our way through it for a little bit. Um, <laughs> There's yeah, th- three parts to the show. Part one, we talk about the week that's gone for the Packers. Part two, we try to get a guest on who supports the coming week's opponents. Um, mm-hmm. Shout out to the two guys on this week who supported the Ravens. They did a really good job despite coming on at the last minute. Really proud of them both. And in the third part of the show, me and Murph talked total bollocks, which this week consisted of why in America do they not have Christmas dinner? They don't have Yule Log. They don't have mince pies. And that is a it's a serious podcast. Um, oh, mate. People, people listen and I don't understand why. But if you want to be one of those people who listens to our podcast and then subsequently doesn't know why but continues to do it, um, we'd be really grateful. But no, in all seriousness, when I was on last week, it was one of the most fun I've had, like recording a podcast. And it's one of those those podcasts where, like, you, your guests you get on are phenomenal. Um, and it's we've one of those things. Really, yeah, we've we've been really privileged that um, yep. after does all the social media stuff, and he's got us big on Twitter, and we've um, invited on Acme Army, which is one of the big American Packers podcasts. We were yep. really privileged to that. We had Peter Jones on. We were really privileged to have him on our show. Um, we had Jarrett Bush, who won the Super Bowl with the Packers on our podcast, which still to this day blows me away. I don't know yep. how Murph pulled that off. Um, yeah, it's it's we've we've been really lucky. Um, yeah, it's it's for just we're the same as you, just mm-hmm. two guys who get together to talk football, and some of the things that have come from it are really mind blowing. So um, yeah. Um, but no guest is bigger than the other and we were so grateful to have you on and we're happy to have you on again same for the, all of you guys oh, if you want to come on and do it yeah let's get you on our show and um, I'm as privileged to come here and talk to you as I am to talk to anybody else that I've been involved with so um, yeah, yeah thanks fantastic. for having me on lads now I say you've been a pleasure to have on and it's a, it's a pleasure both ways um, so yeah don't forget like um, we're going to post all the social medias on our Twitter and Instagram so links where you can find the Unpacked podcast find both of them on social media um, and do all of that good stuff. Um, it's been a pleasure, and it's been a great one to, to record. It's been a long one. Um, we're going to maybe have to edit a few little bits down, but um, I'll leave that in your capable hand, Scruffy. Yeah. Um, so from myself, the unusual Greg, unusual underscore Greg. Oh, myself, Smith, at the DRS <laughs> underscore 1994. Uh, myself, Scruffy, I'm just Scrufflord on Twitter, but as per usual, don't follow me. It's not a good idea. And from our guest, Fenners of the Unpacked podcast, it's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, Fenners, will you join me in a Go Pack Go? Well, Go Pack Go. Q. Do I get Q? No. Try again. Okay. <laughs> count us, Scruffy, count us yep. down. 
Three, just just while they do, yeah, oh. yeah. The followers are at Brit Cave Blitz on both Twitter and Instagram. I don't know if it was mentioned at the start. I can't remember. <laughs> I think I, I think I failed to yep. mention it. Yep. yep. Three, two, one. Go, go, pack, go. go. Nice. Brit Cave Blitz. <laughs> <laughs> Every time.